kind of quiet. Oh, I don't need it after all, sorry. Gracie Crocker was born on December 20th, 2005, and for the good, my life has changed. First of all, I have to say how completely humbled and amazed and, I don't know, words don't have what it takes to thank you for coming and um, for the support that all of you have been these past few years for our family. just means a million. Um, a million, that made sense. All to say that speaking is not my thing. I wasn't looking for something else to do with my time, as you know, with our three and two-year-olds. There's not many extra minutes in the day. So when God started putting this on my heart, I thought, no, really. I thought, you know, maybe we could share a story when the kids are in college or something. But really, right now, that's funny. So I told Michael, I'm like, babe, I thank God is kind of wanting me to share this coming up. And what he quickly said, babe, speaking is really not your thing. So, awesome. Um... But, of course, he's completely come around, and I could just spend the whole night just telling y'all how, what an amazing husband and dad and friend and everything he is to me. So um, I do have several people. I, I just can't share this story without thanking because I for sure wouldn't be up here without them. Um, it might sound like the Academy Awards, but I have, to, I have a list I need to thank real quick. Um, the first people are my parents. Um, my mom has been next to, next to Michael, the First person that I've called for every high and every low in Grace's life and has prayed and um, loved like you wouldn't imagine, as well as her prayer support team right here. Um, also like to thank my husband's parents for taking our dog, Bailey, Chocolate Lab, for the last two years as the little extra begging we didn't need. Um, I'd also like to thank Cindy, my friend, I don't know where she is, but my friend that has a son with special needs that has truly, since the day Grace was born, has really walked through this journey with me of what it's like to have a surprise and not, not know how to, you know, raise a special needs child. Um, I'd also like to thank Lida, who has been my spiritual mentor and has walked... Where are you, Lida? Who has um, been my spiritual mentor and has walked me through these past few years. Take the earring off. All right. There you go. Awesome. Okay. Um, who has uh, really loved and listened to me as I've just cried my eyes out, so... Thank you. And, of course, my sister, who has been that friend that would drop everything she's doing, go to Marble Slab with me after a really bad doctor's appointment. So we're going to get ice cream now. And which leads me to the group of girls that has helped um, put this whole night together. Um, I want to thank Teresa, Anderson, Debbie Chesney, Casey Harris, Claire Hennessy, Tori Johnson, Julie Patterson, Dinah Shelley, Carrie Spielhagen, and Jamie West. And, of course, Daryl and Stacey and AJ for their awesome worship. Um, and not, last but not least, I want to thank this awesome table over here who um, have been gracious therapists and teachers and encouragers along the way. And I wish y'all could all come and give them a hug because they've just been huge. Um, Danny and Dee Dee have been started with Grace really when she was five months old. And we really shed tears because they had to stop when she turned three to Grace because she was in public school. Anyways, I'd also like to thank Patty and Jennifer who are our new therapists that have just been awesome and so helpful. Um, and, of course, um, Miss Miracle, Lori Miracle. Truly, that's her last name, and she's Grace's teacher. She just started um, with Lori Miracle in January, and then Kathy Clinis, one of the assistants in her class. So a huge thank you. And last but not the least, for sure, is Natalie, who has been Grace's nurse for the past year and a half and is truly like a third person in our marriage. We laugh because she's there all the time and just truly loves Grace. It's just amazing. And her mom, Susie. So, um, okay. Sorry, I blow my nose. 
that's that's attractive. Um, okay, now on to sharing grace. From day one, grace has been a child of promise, which I'll explain what I mean by that. Michael and I were having a hard time getting pregnant, and God woke me up in the middle of the night. Now, I know, sounds a little strange. I thought it was a little strange sounding, too, until I ran to this man in Fort Worth. When Michael and I lived in Fort Worth, I taught school and would often go to the Slaw Madeline to kind of have my quiet time and, you know, take a deep breath before my kids formed me. Um, and one day I saw this police officer there that had his Bible out. So I just went up to him and I was like, that's just so neat to see you out with your Bible. And so, you know, from time to time I, we'd see each other in there. And one morning he came up to me and said, don't, don't be surprised if God wakes you up in the middle of the night to tell you something. I was like, okay, awesome. I can't wait. Thank you. Um, so four years later, um, we were, when we moved back, we were in San Antonio. It was like three or four in the morning, and I totally randomly woke up. And for those of you that know me, truly, when I hit the pillow, there's no alarm. There's no try. I mean, I'm out. So um, I was like, okay. You know what? I left my Bible. Hmm. I think it's, it's in that turquoise bag in that back room. Someone can bring it. That'd be good. Um, so for your, so, okay, so it was the middle of the night, and so I finally got up, and I was like, okay, I guess, God, um, maybe you want to tell me something. So I finally got out of bed, and I heard Genesis and Exodus 21 and 17. It's like, okay. So I opened, first place I opened to was um, Exodus 21 17. And it talked about cursing your parents, like having this cursing with your parents. Gosh, I really think we're okay right now. I really don't want to stir anything up. So I really hope this is not what it is. So I quickly turned to Genesis 21, 1 and 2. Thank you, Tori. Let's move on quickly. Which says, um, hold on, Genesis 21. Okay, it says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah. As he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God promised. So, of course, for those of you that know, when you're having a hard time getting pregnant, that's all you can think about, all you can see. That's just all on your mind. So I was like, awesome. This is so random that God's obviously giving me this promise that we're going to get pregnant at some point. I was like, oh, gosh, this is going to be like 12 years. But it was a promise, so I was like, okay, this is good. So a few days later, I don't even remember exactly when, I was like, I wonder what Genesis 17:21 is, like to flip it. So I went to that, okay, but it says, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. Thank you, Jeannie. So um, I did, so I was like, okay, maybe it's a year. Well, I didn't realize the full coolness and power of this verse until we found out that our original due date with, with grace um, was January 6th, and the night that God had woken me up was January 10th. So it was truly like exactly a year. So, pretty awesome. What a comfort this, this um, promise that God has given me has been for Grace's whole life, especially starting an hour after she was born. Um, I was in the room by myself, which I'll get to in a minute, and this doctor um, came in and told me that you, need a, don't even, you can't even try to feed Grace because there's been some complications, one being that she's missing her vagina. So I'm like, hold on, can we please wait for my husband to get in the room? Which, I know he probably didn't want me to say this, but I was like, okay, how am I in the room by myself right now? I just had this child an hour ago, and I'm all by myself. So it's okay, you can laugh. He was out getting tacos with his parents somewhere in the hospital. <laughs> so um, I still don't really let him down on that one. I think uh, it's probably a blessing that I was on so many pain medicines from the C-section. Um, I had this thing with the medicine that I itched, like, really bad, and I even remember telling my mom, it's harder! To which the next morning I remember looking in the mirror thinking, for the first time, oh my gosh. You know, to which my mom said, oh honey, you look much better today. Um, so, 
Anyways, so Michael was back in the room. This doctor gave his summary, to which another doctor walked in. And, um, you know, they're all, well, these doctors were very serious. And I'm here to tell you, ma'am, that your uh, daughter does not have her, is missing her bottom hole. So, like, I'm not real medically sound, but I knew those parts were different. So the next thing I knew, this really scary-looking plastic box, probably about this big, um, was rolled into the room. They were going to take Grace. And I think another blessing that I was kind of out of it, because I remember my mom at the end of the bed, like, crying, and I was, you know, obviously not, not glad about the situation, but um, God was walking me through it. So the huge thing, they had to take her to another hospital that could handle kind of her situation. Um, but I, from that has been the hugest, hugest lesson that, um, that one of the hugest lessons that I've learned through Grace's life today, and that is that she's God's child, not mine. And it has been so clear and so cool and almost, it sounds crazy, but almost something I could wish that every mother could have and go through because the things that I know that I would normally have freaked out about, you know, their schedule or their taking Grace to school the first day, a lot of it's her wonderful teacher, but things like that that would normally I would freak out about probably, I've just, God's given me this peace that um, just knowing that I can trust, trust her with him, um, you know, all the dirt Corbin eats, don't really get too worried because Anyways, maybe I should be a little more worried, but, um, so, okay, so Grace was taken to the ICU in the other hospital. I had to spend the night at the other one. Michael went to this one. So when we finally all got over there, they, of course, when she was in the ICU, started checking every little part of her, which one thing they found, am I talking too fast? Okay, that's good. One of the things they found um, was that her hips were out of socket. So the next thing I know, this big, scary doctor is, like, strapping this harness, like, kind of all over Grace. So, of course, I'm a little anxious. I'm like, and I'll never forget this doctor said, oh, you're not going to be one of those real emotional moms, are you? So, you can imagine, I just kind of, no, he didn't. I mean, wow. So, I just kind of shut down, and uh, yeah. So, that was the beginning of our um, visits with many doctors. I think we're kind of up to 10. I'm not sure to count, but um, at Grace's four months, uh, there have been some doctors that we do really love, one of them being Dr. Fitch, our pediatrician. I know, I saw his family there somewhere, <laughs> yes. So we went in for Grace's four-month checkup, um, and he noticed that her head, her head shape was a little larger than normal, so he referred us to see a pediatric neurosurgeon. So, of course, that sounded a little scary, a neurosurgeon. So we got in the car, and I just, you know, had a breakdown, basically thinking, oh, my gosh, what is this going to mean? What is, what is this all about? And being so thankful at the same time, because some of our good friends had offered us their coast house coast house for that very day and that weekend. So I remember being so thankful. Like, God is so good that he knew that we would need, like, a getaway before this drama. So we went to um, see this pediatric neurosurgeon who recommended that Grace have a helmet. I think Michael put the picture up. Um, you probably saw on the sideshow. So, yes, a helmet, like a football helmet, um, that actually our son is currently in love with helmets. So the helmet party picture, he frequently asked to see those pictures. It's good. Um, that was kind of a good way to try to embrace this new venture. Let's all come over and see Grace. And um, Fortunately, but unfortunately, she ended up not wearing the helmet very long because she fell in that small percentage of people that they told us um, would get sores rubbed on their head. And so she ended up getting these two really bad sores on her head. One actually is still permanent. You can see it. So that was audience to the helmet. So the helmet lady recommended that we go see um, a pediatric neurologist. Yeah, neurologist. So if you're getting confused with the different these names, I still do too. Um, I'll never forget going to a small group one day, and one of our therapists had been kind of asking me, so when did this happen with Grace, and what was this procedure? And I just I couldn't remember all the dates and felt so terrible. I'm like, all these major things have been going on with my daughter, and I don't remember. 
um, to which this, I think she's here. Sarah, do you hear Powell somewhere? Anyways, I think I saw her. Yes, thank you. To which Sarah Powell was just awesome. She's like, Jenna, your, your job is to be Grace's mom and to love her. And it was just a frame, the most coolest, awesome thing. Sarah, thank you that I still that, that I still think about, you know, that I don't have to know the details and all the stuff. I can just love on her and kiss on her. So that was huge for me. I'm sorry, I need to take a sip on it real quick. Um, okay, okay. Um, so, okay, where were we? The helmet's by. We go to the neurologist, Dr. Tomasovic, who we absolutely love. Did his daughter get to come tonight? I wonder, Dr. T's daughter? I don't know. She's awesome, and I see her sometimes, but this is a doctor we're just in love with. I mean, he's just the neatest guy, especially for being like a you know, neuro- neurologist. So we had an appointment with him, and the day after we went to see him, Grace was six months old, and I had a friend over, and Grace started kind of um, making these, like, real, just really wide eyes. I was like, that's kind of strange. To which my friend said, I think that looks like a seizure. I said, oh, no, def- definitely not. Well, sure enough, it was, it was a seizure, and it was the beginning of um, Grace's major battle with seizures that um, she had for 11 months, almost a year, which is definitely one of the worst things that I've ever experienced is um, seeing Grace go through that. So for, um, she was on seven different seizure medications, had a series of shots, which Michael had to give her every day, um, had several MRIs to check how her seizure levels were in her brain, Got her blood taken, I can't even tell you how many times. And one of those times they took a little muscle cut out of her leg to try to figure out which syndrome Grace has, which some of you might be be wondering, okay, what is her label, what is her diagnosis, which we do get asked. And she really doesn't have one other than God's child of promise, which is awesome. Michael calls it Grace-itis, but truly, um, I'm like, hey, that, no. So, which is interesting, because when I was pregnant, we, we had no idea nothing was going to be going on with this child, you know, abnormally. So, we just prayed all the time, like, God, use this child for your name. May she testify. Yeah. So, now we've kind of changed our prayers for our children that, you know, that they would love and know Jesus, yes. But average is good. You know, nothing real out of the ordinary. Um, <clears throat> but a verse that's really encouraged me with all these things is Isaiah 40:28, which says, His understanding no one can fathom. And I remember hearing that verse one day thinking, okay, like, it's not my job. I don't need to be able to understand <clears throat> the whys and how long is Grace going to have to have her diaper change? How long will it be before she walks? And all these things that get, can make you really anxious. So it's been really freeing for me to know that I don't have to really know. I just love her and trust God. So um, a few of the things they have found, though, they did find that she has, um, like, a sensory processing issue. And one of the things that that does with that is like she doesn't do well in large with hate this that she doesn't like large groups of people and lots of noises it just really kind of upsets her however school has been great and she really has it's been a really good experience that's like a huge blessing because we were like how in the world is she going to sit in the circle to which i saw her the other day and she was like, <laughs> i mean just that's kind of her excitement she was like kicking and getting really excited so that's been really cool to see she's kind of getting better but it's still hard for us like we went to the rodeo this year and grace just got that little wheelchair and we're like, family outing is going to be good. We knew Corbin would be all over the place and loving, you know, kissing the cows. But I was like, let's just take Grace, you know, want to go all together. Well, she was just, you know, not very into it. She liked the pigs, but that was it. Um, anyway, so it's times like that that it's really sad that I would love to have her with me and go to birthday parties and go out to eat. And um, so that's still something daily that's hard for me that I wish she could be with us more. And so we're still going to believe God that she'll get there. Um, so with the sensory issue, and they did find probably early on that she has really low muscle tone, which I didn't get at first, but that's why it like, took her so long to hold her head up and why 
taking her a long time to learn how to walk just because her, I mean, she's like incredibly flexible. I mean, she can do like the pretzel, whatever all that stuff is. But that's kind of some of the medical equipment you saw on the screen, like that little blue thing. It looks like a little doll in the store, a little stander to stand up with. And then she has this like hot pink walker and these little pink braces she wears to school. And the latest piece of equipment was this wheelchair. Well, I was like, no way. I remember a therapist a long time ago was like, we should look into a wheelchair. I was like, no. Didn't say it to her face. I was like, mm mm. She's going to walk. And anyway, so. But we knew Grace would be going to school. They said it's probably best because, you know, the kids, when they see you in the stroller, they call you a baby. So probably should get a wheelchair to transfer her. Well, Grace loves this wheelchair so much. I mean, she, like, goes up to it, has almost figured out, like, how to climb into it. So she loves the wheelchair. So that's good. And we just keep it at school. And anyway, hopefully it won't be with us long. But um, speaking of school, when Grace was about to turn three, one of my friends, Cindy, who has a sense of special needs, said, Jenna, you know, when Grace goes turns three, she's going to be able to go to public school. She'll probably qualify, you know, just with all the different needs she has. It's like, oh, gosh, that's right. Okay. What do I need to do? You know, who do I need to call? Here we go. So the school that was near us that we love, um, their special needs program, like, just closed down the year before. So we are like, awesome. What are we going to do? You know, um, loved our house, thought we'd be there forever. You know, I had stopped teaching when I had Grace. It's not planning on going back. And so it's kind of like that was our option. I have to go back and teach full time or we have to move. So Michael and I just thought the best thing was for us to move. So our parents were like, seriously? You can put your house on the market right now. You've been an amazing house, amazing neighborhood. You know what the market's like. That we really just thought that this is God was calling us to move um, for Grace to go to Howard because we had people all over come to Howard and Allen Heights District. And it's like, okay. Well, this was when all the housing stuff was going on. We put our house in the market, um, put a sign in our house. Truly, someone called that night, came the next day, put a contract down on house sold. So we were getting the call from Claudia. Jenna, y'all have a contract. <laughs> to which Michael and I looked at each other like, okay, awesome, but oh, you, oh my. I mean, cool, but this is really scary. I mean, we really can't afford a house in Elm Heights for our family. What are we going to do? So I'm like, okay, God, we are seriously like jumping off. That wouldn't be very scary, but you know, going face first off of this. Anyway, like, okay, you've called us. Our house is sold. We've got to be out of here. I'm not having a rent house. We've got to go, go, no, you know. So, sorry, I'm kind of taking a long time with this. But we put our, so, ended up finding this house. It had been foreclosed on, was way under market value, just amazing in every way. Found out one of my best friends, Carrie, lives on our street. Her daughter, Kate, is like Corbin's best friend. Then find out that the lady on our very block had seven, has seven years of special needs experience. From Claire told me. It's Claire's nanny. And it was like looking for babysitting jobs. I mean, Really? We had not left Grace, felt comfortable leaving with Grace with anyone other than our nurse and other than family. And so, obviously, day nights are important. You need to get out. So, um, anyways, that's who there was tonight, this lady named Carrie. So, hello. I mean, thing after thing after thing. Plus, hello, Grace loves school. It's been an amazing experience. We're, um, and her teacher's name is Miss Miracle. I mean, okay. So, that whole deal was like, are you kind of, are you kidding me? It's kind of funny. I mean, awesome, but. Okay, so to go back a few years, like a year and a half, sorry, that's kind of gross. Okay, to go back, to go back like a year and a half or so, in the midst of all these intensities with Grace, and we found out we were pregnant. And Michael's first response was, of course we are. That was kind of our way of, you know, kind of dealing with stuff. You know, this major diagnosis for Grace or this major hospital stay, of course she's going again. You know, so it's okay. It was kind of funny. We just, like, of course we're pregnant. It was funny. So Corbin Sherwood Crocker was born June 14, 2007. 
Um, two days after I found out we were pregnant with him, I was getting ready, and the sermon was on by Charles Stanley. And I'll never forget, he said, some of you are about to receive a surprise gift from God. So very cool and very confirming. And truly, he has been such a gift and such a joy to us, um, along with some patient testing moments. But um, and to be really kind of gut heart honest with you, um, it's kind of like the, as high as the highs are with Corbin and the joys, kind of the saddest I am, if that makes sense, that I'm not getting to experience these things with grace. Like Corbin just recently said, started saying, I love you and mommy and get me and, you know. Um, so I think I didn't know with grace because I didn't know any other way of what a child should be like. So, of course, it's really been hard for me and really made me sad that I'm not getting to have those joys and those experiences with grace, even though, of course, we, you know, believe God for her life for sure. Um, but those days are hard. You hear a friend of hers is potty training. Well, when will that ever be for Grace? And, you know, different outfits we can't get because of, she has a speeding button. And so you have times like that that, that are sad and that are hard. But um, a verse that's really brought me so much encouragement through all of this is 2 Corinthians 4:18, which says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So that's just been huge for me in the midst of all this stuff, just to realize, like, our life is a blink. Jesus can come back tomorrow in the midst of all this. They found out all this stuff with my brain, and I had to have all this scan. They thought I might have MS and all this, like, kind of serious stuff, which I'm like, okay. Oh, all right. Um, thankfully, I'm good. And anyway, my small group prayed over me. I haven't had any more headaches. But I think really from that lesson with Grace, like, even that, I was like, okay. I mean, yeah, this is serious, but really, Jesus can come back tonight. So if I'm worrying all this time today, that's not going to take me anywhere. So very cool. Um, okay, sorry. Gosh, thirsty. Oh. Um, okay. So back to the ICU, you know, that public harness that Grace put on, which is definitely outfit limiting. Some of y'all know with girls, you know, it's important. So that didn't work, so they thought, we'll, we'll just put her in a body cast. Awesome. So before that, I want to tell you a little something else that was very cool. When I was pregnant with Grace, my mentor kind of encouraged me. She said, Jen, I really encourage you to pray that God will give you a word for this child. I was like, okay, that is really bizarre, a word for this child. I mean, what do you mean? So she kind of encur- you know, tried to explain it to me, so I walked out of Lydia's office. I was like, okay, God, this is kind of weird, but go ahead, tell me a word for this child. Well, I heard bones of steel like okay thought we were having a boy so it's like totally makes sense you know it's good for guys to be strong bones of steel awesome so it wasn't until we were home with grace from the hospital that she was like in my lap with this harness like you know for her hips pretty much so i was like oh that's why you were telling me that bones of steel to not so i would not be anxious and so i could trust and know that she is going to be strong um so it's been huge for all these major things and you know appointments i just have had this total peace that, that God's got her. I mean, yes, it hasn't been easy, but especially not with cast. So that was awesome that I had that peace going into it. So when Grace was 10 months old, um, we went to Dallas, this awesome hospital, Scottish Rite, and they put her in a body cast for three months and then another three, which I'll explain in a minute. Um, so as you can see from this position, feeding was a little tricky. This was her special car seat to which Michael actually made. I don't know where you Oh, yeah, he's very handy made like a wooden version kind of of this that we put in our den on this chair with like this fabric. It was very fancy. This fabric over it so we could feed her and that. So we left that in the car. This was in there. And um, as you can see her diaper, we were kind of freaked out how that was all going to work, but we got very good at shoving it up the hole. 
Um, poopy diapers were not, a, not another good story. That was, blowout diapers were. Um, so I will tell you that Michael had a burning ceremony for the chair that he made in Seguin. So that was kind of exciting for him that we were finished with that. Um, I did get to choose the color of the cast. So that was kind of fun for me. It was kind of challenging, though, because um, I only had hot pink, which I know my mom was really definitely against. It's a big neon color, but, you know, it was that or, like, green, and I was like, that'll definitely limit outfits bad. So she had pink, but then she changed it. You know, I'll tell you that horrible thing in a minute. After the three months, she got it off, and then, actually, they would change it periodically. So I did purple one time. That was really, that was kind of tough to find outfits for purple. Okay, so, yes, bless her heart, was in this miserable position for um, actually a total of six months. So she really got tight with her baby on Sun Developmental Mat, you know. Um, she actually still has it and loves it, like it's kind of her comfort place is being on that little mat. Um, so, of course, she, you know, it's a first-time mom. We, I had several friends, you know, with kids Grace's age, and they'd be doing all these, like, pulling up and things, which Grace totally wasn't. Um, so, of course, as a mom, first-time mom especially, it was, it was heartbreaking. And you get these little things from Huggies in the mail, like, your child should be eating Cheerios or whatever. And um, So I kind of scratched those checklists. I was like, not a good thing, not good. Um, again, been comforting a lesson just... Each child has their own, God has their own deal for each child, so that's been encouraging. So a week after she got this cast removed, she started screaming, like screaming in pain big time. And Grace, from all she's been through, has never been a big, like, crier. So we're like, oh, gosh, something's going on. So we thought, well, maybe it's something with her hips. So we got our hips x-rayed, and um, sure enough, like the small percentage of people that things kind of complicate, like the helmet, that was Grace with the hip. Her left hip had come out of socket, which they said, oh, this definitely never happens. So Michael, bless his heart, was on his way flying to ski in Lake Tahoe with some friends, which really hardly ever get, hardly let him, ever let him out. So it was, really, it was a really big deal that he was getting to go. So bless him, I had to call him in the Las Vegas airport, and he had to turn around. So he still to this day wants to go back and really get to experience Las Vegas at least. So he flew back and met us in Dallas where they did a surgery. They had to cut into her hip this time to try to like, tighten her. It's kind of with his muscles, the loose ligaments, had to tighten her hip up. Did I just mess something up? Okay. Um, so she was put back in this cast for another three months. Um, talk about a God thing. I remember meeting this lady. They were like, this, this other mom's having a first time to get their cast on. Do you want to talk to her? You know, I was like, awesome. I'll go, like, encourage her and tell her, like, the different outfits you can buy. And, you know, kind of went in there like, I'm so here to encourage you. And I can't even remember exactly what she said. But she was like, you know, it's okay. She was like, our child is such a gift, and we're just so thankful to even have her life. I was like, awesome. You know, here I was going in like, I can't wait to encourage this little mom. So, yeah, that was kind of humbling. So very cool how God used so many of the different times. I'll tell you another one in a minute in the hospital that we weren't expecting. So when Grace was in all this excruciating pain, um, she really started having losing an interest in eating. Um, so this has probably been for sure the toughest battle we've gone through. She just wasn't wanting to eat. And we had all these seizure medications. She was on like she just dropped one, so we're really excited. Anyway, she's, um, we had to get all these medicines down her, so it was like, oh, my gosh. Well, one, you have to eat just to live and let alone all these medicines. So I remember one time we were like, the whole family was over, like, truly, like, trying to get, like, a syringe of, like, apple juice down her. I mean, we were, she had to go to the hospital if we didn't because she'd get dehydrated. Anyways, it got so bad that they um, had to put an NG tube in. And I think there's a picture, yeah. It's this little tube that goes up her nose and down into her throat, and it truly was as miserable as it looks. Grace has allergies, just like as you've seen by me. So, of course, she's like snotty, and this is falling off. And 
it was just it was just miserable. I remember being in the hospital one day and like because the nurses have to like shove the little tube up you and get down your stomach. And I remember they were just like all over her and shoving this, and it, it was it was just one of the worst things. To which we found like this summer that one of her whole nostrils, like one whole side of her nose, has been totally blocked by bone. So like here she was, they were shoving this tube up her. There, there wasn't even an opening. So, all that to say, this past summer, she had surgery to drill that bone out. Um, so, okay. So, anyways, all that to say, adios to the feeding tube. Um, I mean, to the NG tube. They're, yeah. So, we got rid of that. But, obviously, her eating really didn't get better. So, we're like, oh, great. So, I remember in the course of this, someone said, you know, you might, want, you might have to eventually get a feeding tube. I was like, definitely not on that one. No, no. Well, um, you got to the desperate point, like, truly, she was losing weight. It was terrible. She looked awful. So I was almost like, oh, I'm so thankful we get to get this put in now because it was like this panic. And she had to get all these medicines. We're like, don't want her to have a seizure because we haven't given her medicine. It was just awful. So um, I was nine days away from giving birth when we went to the hospital for Grace for this surgery. Um, they pretty much put a little, I'm really giving a very short version, but hole in her stomach with a tube, and that's how we feed her now is, yeah, this tube right here. She sits in her little chair. Thankfully, she's back into Wheel of Fortune, so that's very entertaining for um, her feedings. Um, I even wrote a letter to Pat and Vanna, hoping we can get on the show. Okay, whatever it takes. If anyone knows actually how to get in contact with the wheel, please tell me, because I can't find it on the website. Okay. I still have the letter and the picture from Halloween. They were Pat and Vanna. It's kind of fun. Okay, so, um, so I'm large and pregnant, sleeping on the cot by Grace's bed with nine days. And it was really quite funny, actually, when the nurses would come up, like, what do you do? I'd be like, next week. So that was kind of funny seeing their faces. Um, and as crazy as this sounds, like, truly, our times that, I was at, that we were in the hospital were really, like, some of our sweetest and most amazing times with the Lord. I know, sounds strange, but... Um, like, I'll never forget one morning waking up and this um, custodian came in sleeping. She's like, God is good. You know, I mean, and ended up finding out her story and where she's been. I'm like, here she is in her circumstance. And her daughter ended up having all this stuff. And, like, she was praising God. And um, I got really tight with the nurses. I cried. I usually would take coloring books with me to the hospital because it's kind of therapeutic. And we'd hang them up and made some coloring books pages for the nurses. So it was really sad leaving because you get kind of tight with this intense experience. Um, so anyways, as crazy as it sounds, like I truly, um, in those times, was, was, was so thankful. Like, thank you, God, that, I don't know if I really said that prayer, but truly being so thankful that I was able to, um, that God, that we are walking through, like, the intensity of this pain, because God, through that, just gave us this great joy. Like, I remember thinking, I'm sad for people that are just, because they're not, I mean, that's not really true, but I, for us, <laughs> anyways, for us, it was neat, just through the really hard times that God, um, really showed himself. However, those were awesome moments. Had some seriously very low moments thinking, do I really believe God or not? Like, I accepted Jesus when I was six years old, and here I was really questioning, like, don't really know if I believe you, God. I remember Daryl one Sunday was like, you know, we believe Jesus is an awesome man or he is just a freak. Well, so that's really what I was asking. I was like, I don't know if I believe you, God. I really, I really didn't. I, um, they had, there were people all over the world praying for grace, and truly, it was like, bam, bam, bam. It was like hit after hit after hit. She had this horrible seizure. You know, the next day it would be semi-okay, and then she had this other horrible thing and had to get blood taken. I mean, it was just thing after thing. And I remember being, like, praying my guts out and being like, God, what? I don't know about you right now. Um, 
I definitely remember being very thankful that I had grown up knowing Jesus, that I had verses in my, in my heart that I could pull up um, and remember his faithfulness um, in the past, because I definitely did not want to get out my Bible for sure. Mm-mm. So, um, so that was a good thing that I had that to, to draw on. Um, definitely had some major anger with God. Like, I'm really not okay with this. I remember one night Michael and I were on our knees, truly, literally on our knees by Grace's crib, just me sobbing and just being so angry and just like, God, I don't understand. I know you say you're good, but I am really not seeing, I'm not seeing your goodness at all. Um, I, me- I remember like really looking up the word good in the back of the Bible. So I was like, okay, I know the Bible's what I need to hang out with. I know I'm, I'm, I said yes to you, God, so really. Okay, I'm going to see if you're good. I remember one day praying, like, God, please just show me some way in my day today that you're good. And this awesome lady, I think Angela, aren't you here? Angela Roper, I think she's here somewhere. She's being humble. Um, I remember was like, God, please show me that you're good some way. And um, Angela, didn't really know her well, goes to our church, like brought me just a bottle of lotion. Um, and I totally ran out of my lotion that day. It was the exact kind, Bath and Body Works. And it was like, oh, my gosh. It was one of those, like, no, to love, it might seem like a big deal, but it was huge to me. I was like, okay, thank you, God. You showed me you're good. Um, so speaking of, I mean, Angela is, like, just one example of so many of you in this room that have brought us meals, that have called us. I mean, it's really got kind of embarrassing, the amount of meals we got. <laughs> and I'm not real good at turning down meals. But um, so thank you all for all the meals, and that's just uh, – I could spend hours thinking like individuals of y'all for your calls and your notes and your, um, anyway, so, so as I was saying about the prayer, I mean, there are people praying like truly all over the world and I get an email from somebody. I heard from this friend about your daughter. I'm really praying. And so it was great. All these people were praying, but like nothing was really happening as far as like healing grace. And I, um, I'm like, God, seriously, you have such an audience right now. Like all these people are praying. How cool to like. Send down an email, Grace's hips are in, they're awesome. So he wasn't, and I was really, I really struggled with that. Um, so a verse that again helped me was the verse um, Isaiah 40, 28, um, which says, this understanding no one can fathom, that it's not up to me to get and to understand what God's doing. Yes, I still believe he can heal, and yes, he has healed Grace, Grace in different ways, and I've seen him heal, but that's just kind of helped me and given me, given me freedom instead of like, being angry, and I'd have all this, like, am I not praying enough? I guess I'm not having enough faith. I really have faith in you now, you know, and, you know, I'd go through all that stuff, and it just wore me out, so that kind of, like, I remember one day thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't prayed really specifically for grace, probably in like four or five days, so I like, got on my knees, I was like, okay, start with her hips here, God, and, and he just, like, awesomely told me, like, she's mine, I know her, and here I am, like, really trying hard to, like, explain to God what he needs to heal, and I mean, yes, I think we'd be specific, but that was just spring. So really from that point on, it's really kind of given me a piece, like, you know, he made her. He knows. Um, so one of, one of the other things other than that, that department that I really struggled with was loneliness in this time, which I know might sound crazy as I just explained, like, this big support we had around us. But there were so many days, really, I'd be like, I just, yes, we had this big support, but I didn't feel like I had a friend that I could just, like, call and be like, I'm having a really horrible day, and what can we do? Um, so, and I now see on the other side of grace, I think some people just kind of didn't know what to do, and so they wouldn't say anything, and so, of course, I've tried to see things differently from that, so I'm thankful for that. Um, definitely hit my lowest point. Um, it was one Saturday night. My parents and Michael and Cindy, who were like the majority of my go-to people, people that I would call be like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing okay. 
Um, they were all gone. I was just home. And I remember thinking, what if I killed myself? What if I killed myself? Would anyone really care? Would anyone really notice? Um, terrible. And after I had that thought, I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I just thought that. Like, that's just people that are really weird and really dark and really scary that ever have this kind of thought. So I just I really battled with that for a, for a while. Um, not so much, like, doing that, but just having this thought, like, I can't believe, like, this really blessed girl has so many things going in her life. could think about that. Um, so one verse that really encouraged me um, was Romans 8, 6, which says, um, the mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. So I was like, okay, God, this is obviously not of you. I have your spirit in me, and that's, that's life and peace. And another verse was Deuteronomy 30, 19. Um, which is real basic. It says, choose life. But I just love the simplicity of it. Okay, I'm going with that. So I'd be fine, and then I'd, like, see something or hear something. It'd make me think those thoughts, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so ashamed. That's awful that you'd even think that. And, Jenna, what's wrong with you? And poor Michael, like, oh, my gosh, space. Okay, how can I get rid of this? You know, like, honey, it's not of you, you know. Anyways, bless him once again. So um, in the midst of this hard time, I went to this women's retreat. Um, I was like, get some encouragement. Um, it was one of those retreats, like I really didn't know hardly anybody there. And some of those like awkward moments that you like pretend like you know somebody or are looking for someone. That was me. It was real comfortable. It's like, just please plan an next activity so I don't have to keep like wondering. So, um, but truly who cares about the awkwardness because it was truly from this lady in our community um, that, I, that I knew a little bit that shared her testimony, her story that really changed and freed my life. She was up there and shared how she had had a really some intense, hard things happen in her life when she was just at the point of like, God, I cannot do this anymore. And um, she said, I just really, I truly surrendered it. And it's like one of those words, surrender, like, you know, let go, let God, you kind of know. But um, that truly like, became so powerful to me a couple of nights after the retreat. I was telling, you know, poor Michael, I'm giving him his talk, like, oh, my gosh, I just need help with this. And, you know, he, there's only a certain amount he can say. Um, so I was like, that's it. it was, we were going to bed. I was like, I'm getting up. So went into our bathroom and kneeled down on my knees. I was like, okay, God, this is really it. I don't have time for this. I'm really exhausted. I'm, please just take this away. I'm really tired of it. Squeeze the cross on my neck. I was like, Jesus, I know you can do this. And so truly... Since then and there, I've been totally free of those thoughts, and it has been the most exciting, joyous, freedom, um, freeing thing. So it's really um, kind of because of that part of my story that I really wanted to have this night, um, the week before Easter, just the week that we celebrate the victory we have in Jesus because of what he did on the cross, and um, kind of why I chose that song, Marvelous Light, that we're, that sin's lost power, that we're free from shame and darkness, and um, I know I said I really wasn't a speaker, and it's, not, it's really not my thing, and it's, it's not my thing. But um, so here we go. Um, that's, that's truly the core. I mean, like Michael and I said, we prayed, prayed that God would use Grace's life for him. And kind of when I told Michael about this, you know, obviously he came around, and he was like, well, Jenna, maybe this is, or babe, whatever. He doesn't want to call me Jenna anyways. So maybe this is just, maybe this is part of God answering that prayer that God would use Grace's life. So um, that's truly my heart. And um, the reason I'm here and the reason that all of you have been prayed for is that that is just my heart, that if, if anyone is here that doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't know this freedom, that doesn't know the peace, that doesn't know um, that you can have someone at any time of day that you can call out to, and I'm just 
here to tell you he is faithful and he is good. And I don't know what anyone, all of you are going through or walking through, if it's really dark and terrible or if it's really peachy and wonderful, that, um, that he is good and that he is faithful and he will carry you and he will never let go, like that song says. Um, so that would just like, I mean, I would do like five cartwheels across the stage if, um, you know, if anyone tonight, you know, said they wanted to know Jesus or even... I just pray that, that some part of what I've gotten to share has been some kind of encouragement to you. Um, so I'll just say, yes, there's still hard days. I still get sad when I can't take Grace with me or when she's not doing what other kids are doing. And, um, but God has given me these verses that I'm so thankful to stand on, and I know that we're not here forever. And um, So that's just been the joy and a blessing. And the victories Grace does have are just awesome. I mean, her on that little bike, it was like the biggest deal. I mean, and some people that don't really know Grace are like, awesome. She climbed on a plastic car. It's good. Um, They don't really say that to her face, but, you know, they can tell. So it's just just neat, the the victories that um, that we're getting to experience. And um, one of them being, as as you know, she's on the speeding tube, and that's how she gets, like, all of her food. Um, But thanks to Miss Jennifer, our new speech therapist, a couple weeks ago, she's She's just been amazing with Grace and really sweet and playful, and she's really started opening her mouth a little bit for some bites of applesauce. So it's a big victory. <laughs> um, she's getting closer to the walking. She's really started pulling up and kind of cruising along things, like so, like climb on the coffee table now into our tub. Interesting. Kind of scary. Uh, freaks Natalie out when I leave the door open. <laughs> you hear, like, a big clunk. Whoops. Um, so probably not so funny. But, you know, like I said, you kind of learn to roll with it a little more. Michael and I were at his birthday party, I guess, last week. And, um, you know, it's like seeing parents and kids and barbecue. And so, you know, Grace wasn't with us, so that would have been like a total nightmare for her. So we had Corbin, and he's like, you know, just loving it and in the dirt, like gatoring, you know, in the sand. And so Michael and I go to get our barbecue. And, you know, saw Christy and Thomas. We had Tommy with him. And I was like, oh, Corbin's not really with us. Um, so, you know, we cruise and get our barbecue and come back. And, you know, Carrie tells me, oh, he's been eating with Derek and asking for bites of his barbecue. And, you know, I don't know how I got off on that story. Was it in my outline? Um, interesting. I don't know how that came. But, oh, maybe about the tub, falling in the tub. Anyways, kind of the bigger thing, we don't, it's, it's a blessing that we don't get as, like, worked up about. So that's a blessing. I don't maybe we go a little too far on the loose side. But, okay, he's got to child too. Um... And another victory to share with y'all is this Mother's Day, Grace will have been seizure-free for two years. So it's very exciting. Very thankful. So glad. Um, so uh, the last verse I just wanted to close with um, is one from Ephesians that I just love throughout all of this. Which, um, Ephesians 3.20, which says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Which I just love, you know, that whatever we're asking God for, whatever, like, you know, what should I wear today? Or not so like really little, but it doesn't matter. God cares about it too. Um, you know, where should I move? What should I do? That, I mean, that he promised, that's like a, pro- a promise in his word. And this Bible's been around for a really long time. I don't really know how long, but it's been a long time. Not real good in my history. So I just know it's been around a very long time. And um, God does still move and he still works. And it's a promise. He wants to do more than we even ask. That's it's really exciting. That's like something to do some big cartwheels over. Um, so that's the closing of my talk. And um, as I said, not wrong with it. Um, yeah, so there's going to be people, um, I think, along both of these sides. If, if you did want to talk with somebody or just pray with somebody about anything, um, like I said, that would really 
um, just be so exciting and so encouraging. And um, I think Daryl's going to come up, and Stacy and AJ, maybe, I think, and um, do a little more playing for us. But that's it. Thank you all so much for coming.